0: Yeah. Welcome everyone. Uh, my name is Maggie. I work on staff at Shippensburg and Gettysburg colleges. And this is Allie. She lives up in state college and has served in a number of roles in disciple makers over the years. Uh, but for both of us, one of our roles is to serve in leading worship. And we do that on campus and at conferences and at church. And we're here because we love worship. Music is such a good gift from the Lord, and He has given us great freedom with it. He's given us different styles and lyrics, topics to sing about, instruments, and even languages and traditions. And this is good. It is beautiful. There are so many ways to use music and singing to worship God and build each other up well for His glory. But at the same time, just because we have so many options out there, it doesn't mean we just get to do whatever we want. God has commanded us to sing in Scripture— And he's given us instruction of how to do this well. So while we have a lot of freedom, we want to strive to do it well and honor him. So today, with our limited time, what we're not going to be talking about is why we sing. There was a seminar about that on Monday. You can listen back to that later if you have that question. But we are going to be talking about what we sing. Or in other words, how do we choose songs for corporate worship? So if you look at your outline, pages 40 and 41, you'll see a roadmap there. If you were tasked with planning a worship set, this is a simple progression of steps you could follow. We're not going to talk about all of this, but please come find us later today if you want to talk about it more. Uh, But you will notice that that middle box is highlighted, and that is the aspect of a set we are focusing on. We want to equip you with a biblical framework for choosing corporate worship songs. Now, one thing you might have noticed is I keep using the word corporate worship. It's intentional, and it really just means worship gathered with others. That's it. If you look at the top of your outline, there's a verse you might recognize from this week, Colossians 3, verses 16 and 17. It starts with, Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly teaching and admonishing one another. In corporate worship, we are gathered together for a special purpose, and that is to edify. To edify the body of Christ as we do two things. As we first express our love and praise to the Lord. And secondly, as we proclaim the truth about him to one another all to his glory. That's the purpose of corporate worship. And so corporate worship is not personal worship. It's not me and Jesus in the car time. We all have preferences, and songs can be really good and helpful in a number of ways. You might have a song that you really love that meets you in suffering or that really helps you talk to the Lord when you're fearful. Uh, my personal Spotify playlist of songs that I have on repeat doesn't look exactly like our conference playlists or what I would choose for a DCF meeting on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. For example, I love Torin Wells, and I love the Gray Havens. But a lot of the songs I listen to are either really poetic and would be really hard or unclear for someone who doesn't know a lot about the Bible, or honestly, like I'm just not Torn Wells and I can't sing the way he does. Most people can't either. (laughs) Um, And that's okay. We can praise God for the number of ways that worship music can minister to us. But just because a song is helpful for me does not necessarily mean it's automatically a good song for corporate worship. I'm gonna say that again because it's important. Just because a song is helpful for me does not necessarily mean it is automatically a good song for corporate worship. Why? Because there are other people around. There are other people around on purpose and for a, its own specific purpose. And that is edification. I've used this word already, I'm gonna define it for you. Edification really just means instructing, means building up, means strengthening in faith, growing in Christlikeness. In other words, It's the same goal as discipleship, to grow and be shaped as followers of Jesus. And so corporate worship helps us pursue those things together. As we're singing these lyrics together, I am instructing and building you up and you are strengthening my faith and helping me grow in Christlikeness. We are pursuing discipleship together. So if you were to ask me, well, Maggie, well, should I choose a hymn or a contemporary song or a gospel song? Which is the best song? Well, that's actually the wrong question because any song of any genre can be a great corporate worship song as long as the song is edifying the people in the room. So if edification is the goal, then what should a song actually be doing to disciple the hearers? Well, we have instructions in the Bible for that because we can look at what God says about discipleship. So in your outline, we printed a couple of verses from Philippians 1 verses nine to 11. Uh, It says, Paul, his prayer for those that he disciples says, and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So we're going to make some quick observations about Paul's desire for those he disciples. First of all, verse nine wants their love to abound more and more. Similarly, we can choose songs that guide emotions and actions to love God and love people more. We can stir each other up through worship to think and feel and act in love. Second thing Paul desires, he wants them to delight in what is true. And to do that, they actually have to know what those things are and be able to discern when they're seeing or hearing something that isn't quite true. And we can pursue that same thing in worship by choosing songs that declare and affirm biblical truth. We have an entire book full of gloriously specific truths about our God, and songs can help us learn and remember them. And that means we can also be discerning uh, when choosing uh, songs that are too vague or unclear or saying things that are even untrue. Uh, For example, we're going to look at a song in a couple of minutes that describes a person as, quote, too lost to be found, which is a nice poetic line, but biblically, that's not true because no person is beyond the reach of God's grace. And finally, he wants them to grow in Christ-likeness. Uh, You see that at the end of verse 10, he wants them to be pure and blameless. verse 11, filled with the fruit of righteousness. Paul wants productive disciples. And not just people who are like getting a lot of stuff done every day, but disciples who are by grace producing fruit through their actions and their thoughts and their character. And so similarly, songs can help people grow in Christ-likeness and lead holy, productive lives, encouraging people to pursue things like obedience and courage and faithfulness to God's word. And as we do all these things through dependence on Christ, like it says at the end of verse 11, it's done to the glory and praise of God. God is glorified. So if corporate worship is a form of discipleship, then it really matters what we sing. So now Allie is going to walk us through a tool to help equip us to be discerning as we choose songs.
1: Yeah. Thanks Maggie. It really does matter what we sing and we really need to develop discernment to do this job well. It's a special opportunity we have. Who are are worship leaders in your church or on your campus in this room? Okay. It's not just worship leaders who need to learn this. We in the congregation need to learn discernment too. I've done this for about 20 years. I've made a lot of bad choices. (laughs) So all of us need to learn together and we're excited to do that. So if you look on your outline on the the opposite side, there is a song evaluation tool that we have developed from God's word, from the very scriptures we looked at. Um, Two quick caveats. One, when it comes to discipleship, It's not our preference that we base our decisions on. It's God's word. So yes, we have different preferences with music, but we really want to base our choices on God's word. Secondly, we're not using this tool to decide if a song is good or bad. We're using it to determine, is this an effective discipling song for the gathered body? Okay, not good or bad. Is this going to be effective in helping people grow and mature the way that we just looked at in Philippians? So I want to start by looking at actually the second and third aspects on that checklist because they come right out of the scriptures we were just looking at. Number two says Does the song include objective biblical truths about the Lord in an understandable way? In other words, does it delight in and affirm the truth of the scriptures? So discipling songs should teach God's clear, true words from the scriptures, which means musicians, we need to have theology. We need to develop our theology. OK, this is important. We need to know the truth and those words, those the truth about the Lord should be accessible to the people singing them. So really complex, poetic phrasing or obscure words, those things aren't particularly helpful for discipling. All right, looking at the third one, does the song help us to engage with the Lord relationally? Maggie showed us how in Philippians, we want to grow in our love for the Lord and for one another. So do the songs help us to relate to him? Guys, we are not God's employees. We're his children. He loves us. And so corporately, we can remind each other that God wants to have a real relationship with us through Jesus. We can be honest and intimate with him. There's no area of our lives that is off limits uh, when we relate to God. And you can see some of those ways uh, right under there. Lament, rejoice, cry for help. Those are some of the many ways we can relate with God as our father. Working our way down, number four, when singing about ourselves and our circumstances, the lyrics direct our attention to remember God's work and character. So as we're being honest with God, our Father, our own feelings and circumstances are totally worth singing about. These are legitimate topics for songs. Emotions aren't bad right? That half of the Psalms are laments. But if we're discipling people through songs, then we should be helping them to see these experiences and circumstances in light of the truth about God and his character. So we can feel all the feels together in our songs, but we need to feel them in his reality under his authority and truth. All right, the last one on the list, the song structure and melody is easy to follow and sing along with. Uh, This one requires a little bit of musicality, musical know-how. If songs are gonna be useful discipling tools, people should be able to sing them, right? And participate. Can the average non-musical person follow along with it? Anticipate the melody, reach all the notes, and enjoy participating without being left in the dust. So that sweet tenor key, or that complex, intricate melody, those are beautiful things. They are probably not best suited to corporate worship. Jump up to the top of the list. Number one, are aspects of the gospel story clearly displayed? The creation, the fall into sin, redemption, and glory. Guys, Jesus is the one who rescues us and transforms us from beginning to end, from creation to glory. But we're really forgetful people, right? So discipling songs should remind us of these things. They should disciple us by constantly pointing to God's salvation plan through Christ. Okay, that was fast. We're gonna put it to use because I really want this to be helpful to you to use immediately back on your campus, maybe in your church this summer. It is worth it to do the work of growing in discernment to disciple God's people through excellent songs, we can really move on from from childish thinking and a consumeristic thinking in these ways and start to serve with wisdom. So we handed out a sheet. It's got four songs on it. We're gonna look at the um, uh, Mercy is More, Rise of Lazarus side. There's two on the other side that you can consider as optional homework. And we're just gonna work our way through this song evaluation tool. Um, for these two songs. Take a quick look. Okay, well, we're just going to call it out. So you feel it free to circle these things. We're going to go pretty fast. Um, Maggie and I are going to are gonna give you a lot of it, but I want you to shout it out if you're seeing things. So we're going to look at His Mercy is More first. We're going to look at them sort of side by side. Let's look at aspect number one. Are aspects of the gospel story clearly displayed? So in His Mercy is More, where do you see aspects of creation, fall, redemption, glory? Just call it out.
0: His blood was the payment. His
1: blood was the payment. That's redemption. Good. circle that. He
0: stood near the debt we can never afford.
1: Okay. Yep, so that's fall into sin. Mm Mm-hmm. What else do you guys see? Just go fast. Calling
0: us home. Just saying, I'm sorry. No, no, you go. Just saying our sins, they are many.
1: Our sins are many. Yep, there's fall. He's calling us home. That's, That's glorification, right? What else do you see?
0: We constantly roam. We constantly roam. That's our sin.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. You want to throw some more out there? Good. All right. We're going to move really fast, okay? So there's his mercy is more. Rise up, Lazarus. Sorry if you don't know this song. It's a real catchy, fun song. Where do you see aspects of the gospel story displayed in this song?
0: Jesus calling us.
1: Okay. So there's a redemption there. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so there was sin that got washed away. That's redemption. The old is gone; the light has come. The old is gone; the light has come. So redemption, a little bit there. Hmm. Buried underneath the lies believed. Buried underneath. So there was a problem. Mm hmm. There's a sin problem. He's given us new resurrected hearts. Resurrection, glory. hmm. Great. Let's keep moving. Where do you see, we're going to look at His mercy is more again. Where do you see it including objective biblical truths about the Lord in an understandable way? Now, I want to be clear about this. About the Lord. Where do you see it in His mercy is more? Objective truth about the Lord. Shout out. omniscient and omnipotent. defines it as unknowing. omniscient. Om, All knowing. What patience would we He's patient. What father's so tender. He's loving and tender. His mercy is unknowing his mercies, they're new every morning. Riches of kindness lavished on us. His blood was the payment. Okay, yep, that's true about the Lord. He he paid the payment. Okay, he's welcoming of the weakest. He is stronger than darkness. He counts not our sin. He counts not our sin. He's very kind, compassionate. Just circle the whole song, I guess. <laughs> Okay, let's look at Rise Up Lazarus. Where do you see objective truths about the Lord?
0: Voice of Jesus calling us.
1: He calls, yep. He's kind to call.
0: He's giving us new resurrected hearts. Okay,
1: he's giving us new hearts.
0: It's the kind of love that washes sin away.
1: Mm-hmm. So he has the power to wash sin away. Stonesman rolled aside. Uh, let me find that. The stonesman rolled aside. We'll we'll put a dotted line around that because we don't know for sure if that's about the Lord. Okay. It's inferring. All right, let's move on. Where does this song help us to engage with the Lord relationally? So now we can look at us, right? Where is there a problem about us and that when we're responding in some way in his mercy is more, what does She's it say dead. about us? Huh? Our sins, there are many. Our sins, there are many. Yep. In particular, how are we relating to the Lord about that?
0: We're
1: welcomed. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a relating word. We're welcomed.
0: Even though we constantly roam, he calls us home.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's a relationship there.
0: It's about God not holding our sins against us. He's not remembering our
1: wrongs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would probably put that in the objective biblical truths about the Lord, but there is a response to that. And what's the response to that? Praise the Lord right praise yep that's a response. okay let's look at rise up Lazarus what a where do you see our relating to the Lord in rise up Lazarus He's calling us to walk out of the dark okay so there's like a a response to the the response there is rise up right? How we relate as we rise up.
0: In the dark and alone without curse. In the very first line.
1: Mm -hmm. That's our circumstance. Yeah. Let's take that one into the next. Uh, aspect when singing about ourselves and our circumstances the lyrics direct our attention to remember God's work and character this one's a little harder to find but think about where in the song does it show the problem and his solution problem and solution so let's look in his mercy is more where do we talk honestly about the circumstances and then he's the solution
0: Christians there, then you, then you his, mercy. his
1: mercy is more mm-hmm our sins his mercy <laughs> That's great.
0: In the last verse, there's almost an answer before the circumstance and
1: talking about his blood was the payment um, to the debt we could never Yeah, it's kind of in reverse order, but there's a debt, and he provided the payment. Excellent. Other places. You see our our problem and his solution.
0: It's almost like the first line of every every verse. We've done wrongs, what love could remember? We roam, what patience would wait? like this kind of directing Mm -hmm. us back to his character. Mm -hmm.
1: Any others? (coughs) Okay, great. What about Rise Up Lazarus? Where do we see our problem and his solution to our problem? So not just our circumstances, but also how the Lord, we're directed to remember the Lord in those circumstances. So find a problem and see if you can find the solution. We are stuck in the grounds, but he calls us to rise up. Okay. Yep. Let's talk about the last one. The song structure and melody is easy to follow and sing along with. I'm just going to give this one to you guys. Um, In terms of His Mercy is More, um, every syllable has a beat. It's a pretty um, predictable melody, and every verse is the same. It's sung the same, and it only covers an octave and one note. Uh, With Rise Up Lazarus, it's super fun to sing, but there's a lot of syncopation, and verse two is different than verse one. There's... Interesting instrumentals and things like that, which are really beautiful, but it's there's a number of different kinds of sections and it covers an octave and five notes, an octave and a half, which is about as far as most people can sing. So you kind of got to know your audience on that. All right. That took us like five minutes to do. I want you guys to see that this isn't a long and grueling process, but it's important because looking at your paper and the stuff that you circled, which one would you decide is a more effective discipleship tool to use in corporate worship? His mercy is more, right? You can see Maggie's been color coding it. His mercy is more right remember we're not saying that rise up lazarus is a bad song we're saying it's an ineffective song if the point of corporate worship is discipleship together okay on the other side you have some homework you can practice with and let me just say this maybe you used rise up lazarus real recently in your in your fellowship it's okay. No song is perfect because no people are perfect. We have a perfect savior who can use us and work through us, but it's really worth it to do this work. And we want you to help us. So there's two more sets left here at Focus. Use this tool on our songs and let me know what you've found. Uh, Let me know what you're discovering. We have a delightful responsibility for, before the Lord, and we get to play a part in discipling His people. So I hope this is helpful for you. Oh, and also, we didn't even talk about for number two, objective biblical truths about the Lord. We didn't go even go into what references are being made to Scripture in these Psalms. We have those written down. That's also another really excellent exercise to do. So I think we're right on time, right? It's 11.50. Mm -hmm. Any burning questions in the last 10 seconds? Thank you, everyone. Thanks so much for coming.